0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: the we are west Ham podcast is sponsored by miriam errington conveyancing in adelaide south australia so if you are buying or selling a property in adelaide south australia or australia as a whole make sure you keep west Ham business in the west Ham family by giving miriam a call or a shout, it's Miriam Errington, conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, Opposition View, with me, Will Pugh. And this week, joining us to look ahead to West Ham's game with Manchester City at London Stadium on Saturday is big time friend of the podcast, Steve Tudor from the 9320 podcast. Steve, great to have you back on the show again. The feedback we always get from our conversations is you know it's all quite heartwarming and lovely and there's a friendship mm-hmm. between west ham and man yeah. city and their fans we reflect that on the podcast and uh, usually on twitter a bit as well it's all quite nice and then you stuff us for one <laughs> so i've been <laughs> racking my brains beforehand, thinking right how can i make it a bit different this time around not because i don't like Talking to you in such uh, heartwarming fashion, of course, but more because I think, well, maybe if I approach the podcast and the chat with Steve differently, maybe that would lead to a different outcome in the game. West Ham's home record against Manchester City. Uh, Jonesy said it on the podcast earlier in the week is nine games at London Stadium. I believe we've conceded uh, 27 goals, an average of three per game and scored just four. It's not a great record. We haven't beaten you at home in the league since 2014. You always go, oh yeah, but I'm nervous, mate. West <laughs> I'm basically doing the pod without speaking to you at all. So I'm trying to go for something different. But I'm pretty sure it's just going to be the same again. So crack on and tell me you're nervous because people like it anyway. Well, to be fair, in this instance, this is your joint best start <laughs>
0: to a Premier League season. You're unbeaten, <laughs> you're playing well, Your you, you sign into Bedford in immediately. It's all looking good. So And it's after an international break where things are a little bit, anything can happen. So in this instance, I think
1: it's fair for me to say I've got every right to be a bit nervous. <laughs> Um it's a, a title decider, is it not, so early? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you
0: can go top if you win uh, at the weekend. You go top <laughs> or, or there's a chance. So, um, yeah, absolutely. it's a weird season because Chelsea are obviously out of it and, and in you know, a rebuilding phase. United are looking woeful. Liverpool are looking good. Spurs are looking good. You guys looking good. Arsenal looking good. Any one of you can kind of challenge it this year because uh, I do expect City to be up there. Um, but it's really hard to predict this year. I've got to say it's kind of it could be one of you know three or four teams
1: come the spring in contention. Do you feel, Steve, I know. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. Actually, I'll put it put it to you. Maybe you obviously do your own your own podcast and you do lots of you know uh, opposition views, no doubt. Uh, that you're just as generous with other podcasts as you are with ours with your time, but is it, and I, is it difficult for you, you know, on the podcast every week? How do you sort of, you know, generate sort of? Because obviously it's a bit easier with West Ham because if we win, we can just be delightedly happy about it, right. and then if we lose. Do you know what I mean? It's easier to sort of create the content and produce some some original thought and that sort of thing. Obviously, it sways into chat about the manager. But you've got the planet's best manager. You win most weeks. And even when you don't, you're still like doing all right at the top of the league. You're winning everything. You won the treble since we last spoke. What's Are you just looking at, at finer details each and every week or are you just finding reasons to be nervous because you've had it ingrained in <laughs> since you were young? No,
0: it's a really good point now. You do kind of try and look at the finer details. You'll look at the players who are kind of, you know, them into form and the players who are slipping out of form, and um, maybe maybe a bit overcritical considering you know the football that was served. Yeah, up. Uh, that's absolutely true. If you look at the negatives, so one defeat for you guys, you may look at the positives and think, okay, well, on to the next game, whatever it may be. With City, it's an apocalypse, you know. If we win, yeah. then suddenly you know, on Twitter, it's all doom and gloom, pep out is, is the joke. Um, so yeah, everything's kind of heightened in that regard, and it is, I've got to admit. There are times where if city are going through a bit of a bad period then yeah it it's a, it makes for a change to be honest and it, yeah. it's a different kind of conversation you can be had different kind of analysis and it, and it mixes things up Um last season with a treble and, and you know obviously fighting on on all those fronts and succeeding on those fronts i mean in the Champions league the way that we battered bayern and rail and all the rest of it that was just a, a charge, an electric charge. That was a rush. You could go on the podcast and you would enjoy it. This season, yeah. I've noticed now. I mean, when we beat Fulham 5-1, that wasn't a 5-1 win. You know, we, we struggled. No. Um yeah. and so you feel almost flat after beating a team 5-1. Yeah. And it's not because we're yeah. spoiled. We we have got an inherent kind of fear of becoming like United City fans. We do not want to become anything like United fans with their arrogance and their entitlement. It's hard to bloody not feel that way sometimes, I've got to say, because it's consistently, you you know, you win games. So it is difficult, but it's first world problems, (laughs) mate. I'm
1: not complaining. No, of course. No, I genuinely, (laughs) and I really appreciate your honesty, to be honest, because it's a really intriguing one, because like I say, Mm. when we, it must be difficult, especially as you do the pod as well, and, you know, no doubt with your mates and that sort of thing. It must be quite difficult when you've got Nottingham Forest at home on the weekend to find mm. any jeopardy in it because we play Nottingham Forest and we genuinely, Jonesy, obviously you know Jonesy well and he will he loves the old, uh, wouldn't it be classic West Ham to do this, this and this. And I know lots of <laughs> teams fans do that. But when we play Nottingham Forest at home or Bournemouth, it's not a given that we're going to win. So, you know, we, we will sort of talk it through and you, you still do have to look at, Oh, where are they dangerous where could they hit us and yeah all right we should win but it's it's like a 65 35 60 40 in our favor yeah i'm just intrigued and i do appreciate you being honest about it really because it it must be a completely different experience your football supporting experience than mine because for what i don't know 70 percent is that fair to say of your games in a season it's almost like well yeah it'd have to be a pretty catastrophic day for us not to win it yeah it's kind of
0: it's, it comes down to false modesty and, and maybe i've been guilty of that on, on this pod in the past i genuinely mean it this time i really do i you know you guys mm. are looking good and so it is going to be a tough game but maybe i've yeah. been guilty of kind of false modesty but having said that i've got nothing to be modest about false or otherwise because mm. you know shake circuit sir could have bought west ham and and then yeah. it would have been entirely flipped with the conversation we're having yeah. now. So, not your fault, I've done is nothing. It? Exactly. Yeah. I've I've you know yeah, yeah. I've, it's purely a lotto win, um, and yeah. and so we can't take any credit for it. So that's an awkward one as well. Where I mean, if you look at it from the other side as well, the, the flack that City fans get on Twitter, and you think, well, hmm. I, I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> I'm not particularly no. rich. No. So yeah, it, it's like the fans kind of um, represent the club. And, you know, come on podcast and represent the club. But ultimately, it's kind of, you know, it's all out of our control. And and it comes down to oh. pure dumb luck. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, totally. To- I, I totally get it. And I'll have said this to you, no doubt, before. That's why I have such a really strong affinity to Manchester City fans and Chelsea fans in particular. People always f- scowl at me as a West Ham fan. When I say I, you know, I wouldn't quite go as far as to call it a soft spot because I love it when we beat them, yeah. but I, I, I've got no problem with Chelsea. They're probably my least hated sort of London club or whatever. Oh really? Um, and that the reason for that is is because all the people who were my age, thirty-one, when when we were growing up, Chelsea were only slightly less rubbish than West Ham were. You know, yeah. they had some amazing flair players, and and they were slightly better, you know what I mean, where we were finishing yeah, yeah. sort of 12th to 15th every year. Um, They were perhaps, you know, they would flirt with the, the European places and have a couple of flash in the pan seasons. A couple of years, I, I remember them finishing like 10th, 11th, 12th, sort of fairly yeah. par for the course. And you always felt you had a decent chance of getting a result against them. So all the fans of my age, who, especially the ones who used to go, because I've got more of an affinity with match-going fans, I find, um and yeah, the ones who used to go, they spent just as much time and money as I did going to watch a pretty average team. Yeah. And then it just so happened that Bramwich came along. What are they gonna do? Go, oh no, nah. well, I don't like Chelsea anymore. I'm gonna support someone else. And it's oh, exactly. the same with City. I think they're they're real fans from uh normally from, you know, all the City fans are normally from Manchester. Chelsea fans, to be fair, are spread out a little bit further than uh, West <laughs> London. But um yeah, I, I really haven't got an issue with it at all. And it's just, I'm just interested to hear like what it's like. Cause at least we can find most games we go into are thinking this would be a good game because it's going to be tight. And I don't guess you get that. But look, talk about the treble then, Steve. What, what how, uh, talk me through that, the mm. feelings. Um, you've been honest already so far. Inevitably, it's going to get compared to Manchester United's one. How was the whole mm. experience for you? How did you find it? How do you feel about it then and now? Um, if you
0: break them down individually, all three would, you know, if they'd happened just on their own, would have been incredible. I mean, the manner in which we kind of hauled it back against Arsenal um, and just kind of referring back to what we were just talking about, it's the establishment clubs, isn't it? And the entitlement mm. of the fans of the establishment clubs. And we, I, I think I spoke about this last time with you, a real eye opener last season you know, yep. for what Arsenal fans are like online. I mean, oh. I've watched him from a distance and just laughed at them and, and seen the TV channels and all the rest of it. And, <laughs> um, but when you're actually in a title race with him, it's like, wow, they are unbelievable. So Arsenal and United. Hands know, the
1: down the weirdest fans. Yeah.
0: We're just absolutely weird. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so to beat them was immensely satisfying. Um, In the FA Cup final, obviously Manchester United. I mean, when I was a kid, when it's go to college on the bus, I used to like just daydream about City being in an FA Cup final with United. You know, it just seems so ludicrous to be in an FA Cup final and to play United, and there it was, and we scored after like fourteen seconds. And then the Champions League final, part of it, of course, was just to just to shut up that narrative, just to do it. Yeah, Um, a a bit of relief there, but. Yeah. That was kind of the feeling going into the final, but then of course you know you've got the final to enjoy and celebrate, and that was just incredible. Uh, just surrounded by family, all of us grew up as blues. Even the you know, mom has got no interest in football, but both her sons are city fans. It was a, it was a special special night. It really was.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And, and how does it feel now? Because like when it's sort of, I appreciate you could you can do the quadruple. Um, Uh, so so you know what i mean like it's almost like and to be fair to pep and and the players you you look right at it again and pep doesn't seem to have Mm. you know his sort of uh desire doesn't seem to have diminished from from where i'm stood or whatever how does it feel as a fan and what what do you make of the team and their sort of ability and and your own ability to sort of get up and go again is there like oh what do we do from here or
0: I think it's very different between the players and the fans. I've noticed from the fan base there's, well, apathy is the wrong word, but there's certainly kind of, you know, an anti-climax to it all now. Um, mm. you know, with a podcast and kind of listeners and interaction, we're getting from fans far less than what, what we had last season. And it needs to build yeah. up again, I guess it's, you yeah. know, a bit more drama and, you know, getting to Christmas and, and all the rest of it right now. It, it's hard to pick us, ourselves up again. Uh, I feel that excitement again. And uh, the players, um, Kyle Walker had a kind of a, a rousing speech with it, with his teammates in pre-season where he said, look, we can't afford to just drop off again and then do these stages, comebacks, which is what we've done against Liverpool twice in, in Arsenal. Mm. Let's this season, let's just try and basically stamp our mark like we did in 17-18 and lead from the front. And of course, yeah. you can't choose to do that. Every team tries nah. to win every football match. But it was intri- yeah. intriguing that he said that. And we have started brighter than we have in previous seasons. So maybe yeah. maybe the team are really riled up and motivated to just, yeah, leave from the front for once, um, which, yeah, let's see if that continues in at the weekend.
1: Yeah, I'll well, talk to me then, Steve, about, you know, you mentioned Kyle Walker there. He nearly left for Bayern Munich. He's mm. admitted that himself. You have had some players depart. Riyad Maher is an absolute legend, one of my favourite Premier League players of all time. Uh, he's gone. You you have to remind me of a few of your other departures, um, but uh, there is G- a little Gundogan bit. is
0: the big one. Okay, Gundogan is the big. I mean, we've, yeah. we've brought in
1: Kovacic, um, and what yeah. Chelsea were doing, letting him go, is beyond I, me. I've always thought he was outstanding. So underrated. I yes. thought that was amazing signing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I was saying, okay, it's kind of it sounds so disrespectful to him, but I was seeing him as a a bit of a downgrade on Gundogan, which is pretty much based on how much I loved and to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, oh my God, I, I rated him at Chelsea, but this is like, he is yeah. really, from the off, just, he's putting in like eight, nine out of ten performances every week. So, yeah. and looking so kind of classy with the ball as well. Um, so, he's been a big sign in, but Gundo was a big loss to us. Uh, we did not want him to go, and yeah. he's been so important to us in recent years. He's
1: obviously gone to, uh, to Barcelona, um, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. That do you think there's an element of that, perhaps with Mares as well? Um, of the what else do I do here? It's yeah, sort of a nice yeah. time to end the chapter. Laporte as well. Laporte went, um, Laporte is the oddest one of a
0: lot. Um, because Laporte's gone to Saudi Arabia, but no Premier League yeah, clubs no. came in. Apparently, Aston Villa and Spurs were interested, just a phenomenally good defender. Um, yeah, we've got Gavardial, who is you know. The next big thing, um, hmm. so Laporte had to go. But why another Premier League club didn't come in for him? I mean, at the price that he went for as well is beyond hmm. me because is... What did he is, go for it's about 35 million, I think, 30 million yeah. in the end. Uh, and yeah. takes prices, you know, um, yeah, a, a phenomenally good
1: defender. So, again, a big loss. So, hmm. well, um, you've, you, you can't not talk about. Um, Erling Haaland. You mentioned that Fulham game, really funny. You know, 5-1, you won the game. He gets a hat-trick and an assist, I think it was. And it really felt, the feeling seemed to be, that City didn't really get out of second or third gear, or just didn't play particularly well, but still demolished teams. Uh, Haaland just gives you that extra dimension. And that was the difference last season, really, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and we scored... Three and two, wasn't he against you guys last last year? Um, it was, it was mm. debut, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the season.
1: first game, wasn't
0: it, Landers yeah. yeah. Um, do you know about his the comparison with last season and how he started? Have, have you read that? No, no, it's, hit me. It's, it's mad. So last season he scored twice in the first game. This season he's done the same. Second game he didn't score. Second uh, game this season he hasn't scored. Then he scored two. Then oh, so then he scored once and then he got hat trick. Exactly the same this yeah. season. Last really? season. Yeah, I'm afraid last season he scored a hat trick in his next game as well. So wow. it's it's not going to it can't carry on, but uh, it is I a bit know. mad. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is that is a strange stat. Especially four games in as well. Yeah, what um what you know with with city fans like travelling up and down the country again and uh, going to the games with what it, it seems a bit of an odd thing to say because football does just carry on, right? Mm. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, West Ham won a European trophy last year. Yes. And you sort of think, well, how does it get better than this? And it's almost yeah. like when David Moyes is going, ah, oh, yeah, well, you know, focus on the season now. And I'm like, no, I just want to pause time <laughs> forever. And that'd be it. And there'll be no more football anymore. Um, it, it, so I, I sort of obviously not to the same extent with the, with the treble and all that. But w- what do you see for City? in the next, no. I don't know, a bit more longer term, perhaps, because I can't see beyond you winning the title again this season. I will continue to be pleased and happy that city do it ahead of all the, um, established <laughs> yeah. football, as you called them there. If it's not West Ham, let it be city has always been my motto. Um, and yeah, what, what, what do you see beyond as a fan? What, 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 does the midterm look like? Pep Guardiola still doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's almost just like it carries on until it doesn't. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he said this week or it's kind of emerged this week that he has no intention of going until the 115 charges are dealt with and, and kind of, you know, right. how, however kind of the judgment falls on that. So let's hope that investigation carries on for a long, long time. Um, because <laughs> as long as he's at the club, then, yeah, I, I just feel, I feel like I can trust my football team, which is, I've yeah. never had that until, you know, five right. or six years ago. Um, as regards to this season the champions league you just never never know and we we've no. learned that the hard way you know you can go into a first leg in a knockout and deep in a tournament you know three one up and think it's up you're home and dry you're not in that competition the league mm-hmm. i've got to say and I, I don't say this often i do really fancy us for the league to the extent where yeah. i would be surprised if we don't win the league which yeah. sounds horrendous but um and of course, for knockouts in the domestic trophies, again, you just never know. Um, we've got form for playing weekend tea uh, weekend sides when we get to like the semis, for example, of the FA Cup. Um, last season, we played Sheffield United, so we got through that. Um, the League Cup is what I want, mate. The League Cup is, is ours, mate. I
1: know it, it yeah. was ours. We I won it every City year. Trophy.
0: Yes, yeah. I
1: want that back. We ruined every that, week. didn't we?
0: Yes, you did. Yeah, you we did. ruined
1: it. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I well, that's the back. only thing I take. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, mate. Sort of, uh, yeah, I think you've won the you've won the League Cup more in the last few seasons than West Ham have won their own pre season tournament, which is just one <laughs> one off friendly. <laughs> I would, and I'm not to say this. You you know, I mean this. I would
0: love it if you won a cup this year. I, you know, I was I was so cool for you last season, but to to you know,
1: yeah, a, yeah. a
0: cup would be amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I quite agree. I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm loving it at West Ham at the moment. the The main yeah. thing I get annoyed with is the uh, is other negativity. I'm like, all right, it wasn't great in the league last season, but it wasn't a disaster. Like we're in mm. Europe still. Like, do you remember watching West Ham under Sam Allardyce and Avram Grant? Like we've reached right, this is yeah, our yeah. third season in Europe, in Europe. Like, why yeah. can everyone just chill out? And then, you know, those uh, those people on Twitter and whatever, those videos with nuance and calm don't get quite as many likes and reactions as no, mindless idiots shouting rubbish do they so um yeah well look let's talk about the game I've put it on off excuse me for as long as possible now Um, I would say this conversation has been slightly different to ones we've had in the past. That record you've brought up about Haaland, that doesn't (laughs) give me much hope. But the one thing I will say is having looked at your stats from last season, you lost five and drew five. Uh. So which makes it that you dropped points about one in every four to five games. Right. You've won all four of your games yeah, so yeah. far this season. So the fifth game is the one you drop points in. So that's what I'm clinging on to for dear Life. Also that defeat, or albeit on penalties, uh in the Carabao Cup. But you just love coming to London Stadium, don't you? And I was explaining to Jonesy that I had to pick where uh, you know one of the games this month when I was sorting out on my work shifts. And I picked this one to miss. I went last season. Right. Uh because I just don't, I just don't give us. It's one of few I, where I completely write it off. I genuinely look forward to the game at the Etihad more because we seem to weirdly do you slightly do. better there. But we just seem to get humped at London Stadium. What is it? I don't know what it is because one th- aspect of football, which is, I, as
0: always, I've never got to the bottom of, is why some pitches just feel bigger and look bigger. Because, but by, by, by law. Bigger, yeah. Yeah, but, but we're only talking about a few centimetres because, you know, mm-hmm. by law, it has to be, you know. Um, and yet it feels so vast and big, West Ham. And I think that just plays to our strengths and a kind of a passing mm. game and all that of it. So maybe it's that, but maybe I'm not simplifying it there. I don't know. And one thing I want to ask you about, Zuma looks really good this season. Is he in really good form, Kurt Zuma? He is.
1: I, I've just... He's basically just looked permanently semi-injured since he did right. actually hurt his knee quite badly at West Ham. He's always seems to be limping around and half-fit, but Moyes has given him the captain's armband for the first mm. few games. The he's left, he's, he hasn't left the cat kicking thing behind him completely, but obviously that cast a cloud over him was a big distraction. Um, and he does, he does look good now for a class act. To be honest, Steve, I think mm. we let Declan Rice go at just the right time. David Moyes now he hasn't got a big superstar in the team that he's got to contend yeah. with. He's got eleven yeah. really solid, excellent professionals he's brought excellently, albeit the signings were too late. Um, but I have had we have the Betway charity bets on the podcast every week for me and Jones. We raise some money for a couple of excellent charities: Bobby Moore Fund and the DT38 Foundation. And this week, my bet does include Kurt Zuma to score over three point five right. goals. And a penalty to be awarded was my three legger this week, and yeah, it I just always seems Zuma. to be a penalty. I don't know why, maybe yeah. I'm wrong there, but it always seems to be a penalty right. at West Ham, yeah, 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 exactly. Harlem got one last season, didn't he? Um, but no, Zuma looks in fine fettle. There was all the talk about Maguire, and obviously, Angelo Bonner is the backup now. Nayef Aguered is excellent alongside him, and yeah, he's just it just seems to be a really good fit at West Ham, Zuma. He's looked mm. He improved us straight away, and that's what we needed this summer. Was signings that are going to improve the starting eleven, and with Edson Alvarez, James Ward-Prowse, and Mohamed Kudus, who by all accounts is a class act, yes. I think we've done that, and that, that yeah. and that's a good thing. But no, Zuma, yeah, he he does look good. He just always he sort of he's quick and he reads a game really well. But whenever he's made a vital interception or something. He then looks like he's limping about and that his knees are going to fall out or his hamstring just snapped or whatever. But no, uh, a class act. But um, what what do you expect from from Haaland then? Uh, Before I sort of get a score prediction off of you and um, what do you expect from Haaland long-term? Do you sort of, is it just, is he destined for Real Madrid? He's just almost one of them Mm. players who seems to be too good for any team on the planet. Yeah, I mean, he
0: loves it at City and I can see him staying for a good two, three years. But when it gets to the end of his contract, then inevitably all the talk's going to start and it'll just be constant and daily. I don't know. Um, I can see him... Pre-some reports about super... him
1: signing a new deal, Steve. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah,
0: no, no, it, it could well be. He genuinely is happy in Manchester. He loves living there. He loves the club. He's well looked after. He's scoring tons of goals. He's got a connection with the fans. He's a City fan from childhood. So yeah. all of that's positives. Um, so I can't see it happening anytime soon. But... Nah when you look back on his career, when it's all done and dusted, you'd expect Real Madrid to be in there at some point. Um, I can't see him staying, you know, for the whole duration of his career, but you know, I I can see it being three, four, five years down the line. Um, can I just very quickly tell you a Bobby Moore story? Um, it only happened happened a couple of weeks ago. So I did a social media for a sporting brand, a sporting, um, clothing band, sorry. And, um, I found this great photo of Bobby Moore in America with this really cool kit and I just put it up on on Facebook one day and his daughter got right. in touch and replied really? and uh, yeah and it was birthday? a really su- yes and it was a really sweet yeah, story yeah. as well it was um apparently the club was it Lauderdale he played for I think uh Fort Lauderdale Fort Maladale, yeah yes and it was their tradition at the start mm-hmm. of every game for the players to take out a bunch of flowers and hand it right. to someone in, in the crowd and he always used to give this is what his daughter told me, he always used to look out for where his daughter was and hand her the flowers before every game. Right. And oh my God, I was like starstruck. I know it's, you know, daughter, but still it's Poppy Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and it was, of it, it was so sweet as well. And um, yeah, I was I was chuffed with that. That was like, you are know, in the first thing in the morning, you check your kind of, you know, Facebook notifications. It was like, oh my God. So that's amazing. yeah, nice yeah. Anyway. yeah.
1: Oh, amazing, yeah. He paid for uh, the San Antonio Thunder, the Seattle Sounders, and Carolina Lightning. It was
0: the last one, it was the last one, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they had a, it's a eight, weird eight. tradition to carry flowers,
1: yeah, yeah. Eight games in 1983, that was, but right. yeah, no, amazing yeah. story. No, she, uh, she does a lot more with the club now um right. yeah and obviously we love where stephanie is his uh ex was former partner yes uh wife who does the um yeah runs the bobby moore fund which is a fantastic charity so we love being involved with them as well but no i like that tell mate right coming in how's the game gonna go style wise um and then i'll get a score prediction off of you style wise i could
0: see us bossing most of the possession um it's Alvarez is a really interesting one for us. He, he's kind of City fans are divided on him. No one's doubting his quality, but where he's playing right now is almost like a playmaker. His stats are phenomenal, but the rest of the time, he ball seems to bounce off him a little bit. Uh, he's going to be key. If he plays well, I think we win. Um, score prediction, okay, we're, we're trying to do it different this time, aren't we? So I will go for a City win
1: this time. I'll go for uh, 3-1 City. Free one to City, fair enough. Yeah, I just—you never know, do you? All these, we uh, sort of trading. Um, yeah, your thing about your stat about Harlem, that actually, I think, <laughs> trumps my one about um yeah you're having drop it drop points one game every five last season i think you're you might have the upper hand in the voodoo stakes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i what how do you you know we're obviously a counter-attack inside we're more than happy to let teams have all of the ball Mm, in fact it's it's where moisey's most comfortable i don't know if from what you've seen so far this season you can tell but is that the sort of if any team are going to give you the most trouble what sort yeah. of games are City going to find the most difficult? Is it those? Or I can't see when you come up against Ange Postacoglu, who's just trying to do a Tech version of what City do, that you're going to have <laughs> any problems smashing them off the park. No, I've got
0: to admit, I do love it when we play kind of attacking sides. Pep loves it as well. Pep is so condescending afterwards. You know, if we yeah. beat Brighton, he'll say, oh, oh, Brighton are the best team in the world. And, you know, can yeah. the he, he loves it. They just play it to his hands. Yeah. So, of course... Yeah, yeah. Playing a counter-attacking team, uh, particularly a well-organised, you know, counter-attacking team yeah. as you guys are, then that Mato is the trickiest side. Um, if the atmosphere is good there, which it will be, then you know, if you guys go ahead, I will be seriously worried. I can't see us getting back into it. I can see you holding on to a lead, but I fancy us to score first. We do tend to mm. score early as well. So I think last season, you you guys there was a, a sickness book, wasn't there, uh, when you came to the Etihad? Um, and you were about three or four, yeah, yeah like right, yes, to play was, in yeah. And, um, yeah, but you guys did so well for first half. Um, I can see that happening again. Um, I can see a bit of a kind of stubbornness first half, nil nil, and then just all the goals. Second half,
1: hmm. yeah, I must admit, when I was doing my charity bet, because I want to actually win some money for those charities. I never. Mm. If I think West Ham are going to lose, I just do over 3.5 goals. I never say West Ham to lose, yes. but I do fancy <laughs> 3-1 to City. I think if we're going to score at all, the, it's going to come from a set-piece. James Ward-Prowse has looked phenomenal uh, from dead ball since he's come in, um, which is why I've gone for Zuma. So we have got the aerial threat, but people forget how good City are at defending and attacking set-pieces as well. They assume you're just this ticky taka side, mm. but you're so good at all of the, the parts of the game. Um, are you vulnerable from set pieces you think we are half a chance no, yeah? we, we, we used to be um, and mm. actually both
0: ends actually we were terrible at corners it was a huge floor of ours we just never scored yeah. and I, I think there's some ridiculous stat ones where we didn't score for four seasons of swimming from a corner and that has all changed now we've got like you know set piece specialists come in and and the same goes for you know defending corners and set pieces we are decent now and there's plenty of height in there as well from the defenders but then again you guys got plenty of height too so let's see let's see where the cookie crumbles on that one
1: yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, look, I've, I've kept you for a while anyway. I'm probably going to go 3 1 City as well, to be fair. I don't, I'm making a habit of doing that. Just one thing quickly, it would be remiss of me not to ask you. Uh, the Lucas Paqueta situation, we obviously don't yeah. go into, uh, have to go into why um, that situation has come about, but there was, you know, Man City put a, put a bid in for him. There was also reports recently saying you're in for looking at Nair for Gwerd as well. Uh, what did you make of for the Paqueta one mostly, but what what do you slash would you make of, of those? sort of transfers if they were to happen.
0: Um I mean uh, again it, it, how's his kind of fitness issues it always seems to be kind of there always seems to be injuries here and there. Is that the case? Paquette you mean i uh, no uh, uh a
1: oh agued uh he, he had an injury early doors was he just um, the one Okay. Then, yeah he's, he's sort of he's been pretty consistent since then yeah on the whole okay. he's, sort of, he's okay. been
0: pretty good uh, Paqueta, I, I just hugely raised and I really wanted him. Um, and then the price just got so silly. And I, it's not my money. And normally I don't really care. You know, it's get the player in and I leave it to the, to, to the guys in charge at City because they know what they're doing. And if they think a player is worth that money, then so be it. But even I was thinking, mm, this is getting a bit, you know, steep now. Um, and then it transpired, of course, we didn't get him. But in terms of the player he is and what he would have given City, um, some City fans were saying, oh, he's a bit. He's a bit hit and miss. He, he could be a bit anonymous for 17 minutes and all that so, No, he's, he's just got all the technique in the world. Uh, I love watching him. And ultimately as well, it doesn't matter if you're top of the league or bottom of the league. That's why we go to games for, isn't it? To see players yeah. like that. And So, yeah, I, I, right? I did really want him, I have to admit.
1: Yeah, fair play. He's an absolute Rolls-Royce player. He's got that £85 million yeah, pound yeah, yeah. Balls in his contract next summer. And I th- honestly think if he has another season... Playing to his potential, that will look a bargain mm. next summer. Honestly, yeah. he's a Rolls-Royce footballer. Aguered, I'd be disappointed if he went, um, but again, another one of our better players. Listen, Steve, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on, as it always is. We really appreciate you giving us so much of your time on the We Are West Ham podcast. West Ham v. man City at London Stadium 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Steve Tudor there from the 9320 podcast. This has been the Opposition View with me, Will Pugh, on the We Are West Ham podcast for <laughs> Another week, City at Home on Saturday. Jonesy and I will be back with the normal pod at the beginning of next week. We'll have a couple of opposition views to bring you what we have the cup games coming up as well. Busy time coming up. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to all of you lot for listening. Up the hammers, West Ham Massive. We'll speak to you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under.